0: Kelly, I'm so excited because get this, I get to see you next week in person, not just on Skype. That's right. E- IRL. I get to see you <laughs> in Tempe, Arizona at the Endurance Exchange Conference.
1: I, I keep calling it TBI 2.0. Because it used to be called TBI, but they've rebranded Sarah. Right. And it's not a traumatic brain injury. It is. The,
0: it used to be the Triathlon Business International Conference. And now they partnered with um, USAT and their coaching conference and race directors conference, I think. They combined three conferences that used to happen at different times. And people complained because they had to like travel all the time. So they turned it into a just one big massive conference and I hear there's going to be over 500 people there as opposed to like, I
1: thought it was just like hype man, like being like, it's going to be huge. Cause and I was like, is it really? No, is I'm,
0: pre- it? I'm presenting and I have so access it's to, to the list
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to <It's> the
0: actual <laughs> list of people. Yeah. So it is going to be bigger. I think there are like, to be fair, I think there's still a lot of people who are like in the coaching category or the, um, race directing category. So I think like the, the number of industry people there is probably going to be the same as, as TBI previously.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it is just sort of like the big try thing in, you know, Mm -hmm. to start off the year. But the reason we're telling everybody this is we will be we're not just cuz just cuz we like to keep you updated on our travel schedule for oh, yeah yes. yeah. No, yeah. cuz we will be at TBI 2.0 next week and we want your questions. So tell us like what questions you have about this, like what questions you want answered and they can be Kay. what the hell is this? Yeah. So okay, like give us an example of what someone right. might want. So like know. some question like your question could be like I don't understand. What the fuck is TBI 2.0? Or your question could be like hey, go find Andrew Messick and ask him <laughs> X, which uh, I cannot guarantee I will do, but I might do. You know, I could, I could, I would do that. So yeah, just like this is where like all the triathlon people are, all the big people, pretty much for like forty eight hours or thirty six hours. So t- uh, send us all your questions, any and all questions about it, what you want us to find out, what you, who you want us to talk to, and then we will record next week a live to tape at the end of the conference while we're together answering all of your questions. So this is like our Ask Me Anything episode. The Endurance Exchange edition. But yeah, it's like ask triathlon right. anything. And we'll try to find answers for you. But it's also, so our, we so. will not have an episode the next week on Friday because we'll record this live in person, like Saturday, and then it'll come out on Sunday. So right. We're going to call
0: it Endurance Exchange. IRL. IRL. Nice.
1: So yeah. So guys, yeah, sorry, so- there won't be an episode on Friday. You'll have to wait till Sunday. But. Right. Yeah. But it will be so So good. worth it
0: okay coming up on today's show though we have people to watch in 2020 the races of the decade do you really need to know your why and kelly's
1: mom's new year's advice sarah i hear they have noon endurance in canada now oh canada baby finally (laughs) i use the sport tabs the basic tabs at crossfit Well, I use the Noon Endurance, citrus mangoes, the way to go. And now you can try that too in, you know, up north. Up here in Canada. You can order any of these
0: or the rest tabs to help you sleep or the immunity tabs to fight off those bugs. And you can do that by using the code IRONWOMEN. I'm not saying that to you, Kelly. I'm saying this to the people at home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. And go check out their new community of women doing cool stuff at New Ness, uh, their TV channel on YouTube. I'm Kelly
0: O'Mara And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties, If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the
1: Okay, Sarah, in the newsletter, I included a link to this roundup, um, this, uh, running reporter did of women to watch in 2020 and it's, and her focus was on running. And I really like she went around and asked like a bunch of runners and coaches and experts for like their one pick for someone to watch in 2020, like doesn't have to be the best person, just like someone you want to, you know, keep your eye on. Oh, just women to watch. It wasn't people to watch. Well, so then I was like, well, what if we did this in triathlon? I really liked this idea. So what if we did mm-hmm. this in triathlon and everyone should like send us in their pick? And it doesn't. I mean, okay, it doesn't have to be. It could be people, men or women, people to watch in twenty twenty triathlon. But I like what I, I do like women
0: to watch because sometimes you know we're not as high, highlighted yeah, as much. I'm just as I'm, I'm saying people, and then I'm
1: not going to name a single guy because I don't care. Right. So. <laughs> inclusive Have inclusive. inclusive uh so okay so everybody should send us in their picks and i think we should, i'm gonna try and compile a list next week for the newsletter of like people to watch and so to start sarah since <laughs> we're the your most people? important picks yeah i was gonna say who yeah. are yours
0: okay i my people the three people i picked are the th- are our three funniest interviews from iron women from kona last year okay so um, i'm trying to think you back because these people have like the most personality of the, pr- not the most of the pros, cause I'm going to forget someone who has tons of personality sure. right now, but these are the three that I chose, um, who also have that kind of like up and comer vibe about
1: them. Okay. Right?
0: So Imogen Simmons, she was going to be my, my
1: pick. She, I totally started following her on Instagram after the interview. I was like, Imogen, I'm going to keep my eye on you. Yeah. She's yeah.
0: hilarious. Like she is the first one, you know how, you know how Ashley during her iron women live interviews, like she kind of like, she's very funny. She has a way of like, She's like, we're, she's often drawing people out of themselves right, if that right, makes sense, right. like with the pro women. But Imogen showed up and totally was like, we did not have to draw her out. <laughs> she just like, she was just so funny. Okay. So that was a good interview. Maybe we can link that in the show notes. I don't know. I'm not in charge of that. You do that. Maybe okay. I'll take, I'll take care of that. Okay. Kimberly Morrison. Have okay. you seen what she's posting on Instagram and stuff? No. She's a, she's like a super biker who will often like in a, everyday quote unquote everyday iron man um come off the bike first um so when she learns to put her run together she could be someone to watch in the performance side <laughs> itself but right, she right. was she's also very funny and she like juggled avocados with us and she's funny on instagram too so she like dance she dances in her instagram videos that always okay. gets her extra points for me and another one Svenya throws do you know who she is yeah I think she beat me one time. Yes. Yeah. Good athlete. She came from age group ranks where she won, you know, right, she won her right. age group in an Iron Man a couple of years ago and then has sort of, I think she came second in Cozumel last fall. I could have that wrong. So just tell me if I do. But she also was like super fun, super like fun to interview. And I think she's like, she's got a lot of personality and I love that. And she's got a lot of talent. So, um, we'll be fun to watch her.
1: Okay. Okay. I was you. totally going to pick Imogen too. So now okay. I feel like you stole mine. Okay. Like. Everyone, you definitely want to keep your eye on her. I mean, she keeps coming in like fourth at like worlds, right? Like, yeah, oh yeah. Next year is an Olympic year, so Ooh. I'm gonna say again, everyone, keep your eye. I, there are a lot of big, good Olympic stories, but I'm keeping my eye on Flora. Flora is ready for her comeback. She's gonna be the, like on for the Olympics, and I think her first Katie Zafaris is gonna be race of the year to watch. Like, mark your calendar now. Okay, that's good. That's some good. Yeah. So those are to keep my eye on. There was something else I was just, oh, in terms of age groupers coming up there, I have noticed there's been a big wave of like new women moving up mm-hmm. into the pro ranks. And, uh, and this is kind of like a pat myself on the backstory here, oh, yeah. but so there's this girl, Katrina Rye, how of great Britain just moved up from the age group ranks and was like immediately, it was very, very good. Just signed on to BMC. Mm-hmm. She only moved up to the elite ranks because one of our lists, one of one of our many our fans, Mm -hmm. uh, Carolyn, went and talked to her after a race because we have said so many times that people should move up and went and talked to her and told her she should move up. And then she moved up. And now she's like actually very, very good in the pro field. So I know I feel personally
0: responsible changing the culture just like one convert at a time.
1: I so I would it. keep my eye on her too, though, because I think, uh, there, you know, there's some people who move up and right away, they're just really Especially good. Especially if
0: you move up and you have an opportunity like that, like getting on a team. So you have some right. support that's going to help get your training consistent and the things that you need. So yeah, yeah.
1: I love it. So, and, so yeah, so those are our, keep your eye on guys. We're calling it now. Pay attention. I think that's a good list. Yeah. I thought it was I'm a great list. Of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing in the newsletter, uh, that's kind of like a, <laughs> send us your opinion too is uh, race of the decade. Okay. So this was like a hot debate in the running world. And the reason it was a hot debate was because let's run, which is okay. If you don't know what let's run is, it's like the slow twitch of running, but shittier. And they did a poll, but they did a poll of like of race of the decade for running, but it was like only men's races. And of course, like let's run is 90% men because every time a woman comes on there, they like call her slut. So <laughs> that's, that's true. It. So anyway, so it was like kind of this self-perpetuating thing where like they only posted men's races and then only men voted. And then they were like, well, see, only men, they all like, that's what people, people want the men. Right. They don't care about the women's race. It's like a circle. So I was thinking then race of the decade for triathlon of this last decade. One, what is it like? What would be your pick for race a decade Two, what makes a good race? Like so often we do have this male bias because they're faster. Often, but that's not always the most exciting race. What makes a good race? Is it a record? Is it like head to head? Is it like, yeah, something else crazy happening? You my know? mind goes to
0: just a couple things that would make a great race. One would be like, like so people, people racing head to head. Like you said, like, that's the first thing that comes into my head. It's like, it has to be a great race as in a race means that people are competing against each other and pushing each other, you know, like the shoulder to shoulder.
1: You think Iron War, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why was Iron War great? Because it was, like, the two of them shoulder to shoulder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So So the first thing that comes to my mind was in 2014 in Mont-Tremblant, the first year that I think, oh, was it the first year that Javier did the 70 70 world i'm not sure if it was i think so i think it was either the first or second year but anyways him versus jan so it was like before alistair brownlee was part of the circle but it was just like which of the two you you sort of had these two dominant men that could possibly win so that was that kind of was an exciting race
1: Manchamon 70.3 worlds is also kind of the first year at 70.3 worlds was like really a big deal that, you know, it wasn't just sort of like this sad little thing. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, last year's men, 70.3 worlds is also on my list of like very, very good races with Alistair and Javi and Jan and and Ben was like, anyway, it was really good. Right. I don't know. I don't know if you remember that, but they were like going back and forth mm-hmm. and like people, well, different people took the lead at different points. It was very dramatic. Yeah. And, so, the,
0: and last year in Nice, like you said, but the women's race as well, like on the bike was pretty exciting.
1: Oh, this year, Sorry, this year in Nice. Is yeah. it this year? No, yeah. it's well, last year. No, you're right. I guess it was last year. Just, then fine. When I was saying last year, just now I meant South Africa last oh, you year, you meant 2018. 2018. You meant two years ago. Yes. <laughs> Not the most recent one. The last
0: it's one. funny to answer the most recent one like I really want to pull out something from like 2010 and my vast historical knowledge of triathlon.
1: Well, <laughs> I was going to say on that note, not that I think he's like the best person in the world, but when Chris McCormick beat Andreas Raylert at Kona, do you remember yeah, that? What he, year like, was that? He like he 2010, oh. Andreas like caught up to yeah. him. And then they were like no, running shoulder and like Maka if you get caught,
0: caught up to Andreas.
1: No, no, no Andreas was oh, in the first, in first in instance. Okay, sorry. Right. And then Maka pulled a and he- like literally, and usually if you get caught at Kona, like it's over, right? Like you're not coming back from that. And he literally like came back on him and then won, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah,
0: that was, and that was a total mind game. Like that's the, it was a total mind game. As much game. as I have my reservations about Macca as a person. He plays he, mind games. He's, he's a very, a, he does very good,
1: like mental game strategy during races. So yes. So that was like an epic race. And then like, yeah. So I feel like when we talk about best races, race of the decade, often we are talking head to head. We're talking like both the Brownleys and Javi at the 2012 London Olympics, you know, one of the Brownleys had to win Mm -hmm. on their home tour. Like that was a very dramatic, but sometimes we're just talking like amazing performances, Mm -hmm. right? You're talking like, you think it's hard to feel like you can talk about race of the decade and not talk about Daniela, but were those exciting races? Usually she just she just won right, right. like she just well, like,
0: came in and dominated I mean I feel like biking like two years ago <laughs> in 2018 when Daniela biked uh what did she bike 426 or something on um, in Kona like that's insane you know or yeah. I think of Rennie running 250 in Kona again it, you know it's 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 just amazing to watch so there's that in of itself like someone can have a Great day right.
1: Like Jan's race this yeah. year was a fucking epic race. It was an epic performance. Like it wasn't really a race because he just like did his thing. Right. <laughs> right. So I feel like that's like a different category almost. That's like what makes a, a amazing performance I guess. Then you would have to do race of the decade, performance right. of the decade. That's how I do
0: like like race of the uh, decade would be you definitely have like a head-to-head piece to it or like a right. battle. A battle. And then performance of the decade would be like Jan last year or Daniela and Kona or Rini's running. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's also obviously, I mean, a lot of times there is like this male bias in it just because we tend to... Because they're the ones in the front usually, so you kind of pay more attention Mm -hmm. to them. It also made me think last week we talked about what would it take to make some make triathlon a really spectator-friendly sport, like make it a real pro mm-hmm. sport? And you come back over and over. The thing that I've heard so many people debate here, like the issue is, is it performance or is it race, right? A great race is what keeps people watching. It's what, it what makes people tune in. Like a really close game is what makes people watch a football game, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that one last night, the people were all Never mind. Won't talk about football, Sarah. Blank. At me Blank. <laughs> but but your point but okay, is taken. Your point great. Is taken. Right. A great race is what gets people mm-hmm. to tune in, but a great performance is what makes it marketable, right? Like, why do we want to see Jan versus Javier, whoever, because of what they've done, right? Because we can say, like, holy shit, he's really good. You know, because Marindo can run a two fifty marathon, we then want to see her up against Daniela or. Annie, who's now like the best runner in the field, right? You see what I'm saying? So how do you have both of those?
0: So the ITU actually does have examples of both of those things, right? So in the years when I was watching ITU racing a lot, because Simon Whitfield, our Canadian, was involved, right? There were a lot of different winners like both in the men's and the women's side so like that the, there would often be like a battle and there were and then one of the things that was said a lot of that time was like there's no heroes mm-hmm. right so like simon would come in and like win at an olympic games win a commonwealth games but would often not win like the everyday like he didn't win everything right and so there wa- there wasn't like a standout hero and then when there started to be standout hero it got more popular, right. And the same thing, like, mm-hmm. I think like with Gwen, for example, in the U S like, when you had, so like for our sports specifically, cause I take your point in terms of like the, what was your example from football? <laughs>
1: Whatever, Sarah, there was like an exciting game this week. Everybody was worked up about one of those big
0: sports that I don't pay attention to. No, but like, so in football, right, you already have like a number of heroes and teams and people are invested, right. And people want to see people in groups across the country want to see their team do well. So you already have that base level of investment, right. Versus like in, in triathlon, you finally got like with, I don't know, like with Gwen, for example, like you finally got like a country invested in one triathlete and how well she does. So I think that, like, that, that for our sports specifically, I think heroes can create the narrative, or we have to start creating heroes and heroes in pockets with their probably by country. No, okay. each country needs a hero. That's what you're each saying. Each country needs a hero. That's going to be my okay. general direction.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of heroes, FYI.
0: Yeah. Or like, you you know what I mean? Right. Like you need, and then if you have like people invested in, I mean, who would it be now? Like you get, yeah. Cause now it's starting to happen, especially in the men's race. Right. Like you, you get people like invested in, if I think in like men's long course, there's people invested in Lionel. There's people invested in Jan.
1: Dude, there are people, people invested. really invested in Lionel. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And in the women's race, there's people invested in Lucy, right? There's people invested in Daniela. So you start to like, I just, we need a little more of that and a little more of that in the general public, not just like in the tri-geek community. Okay.
1: Okay. Anyway, send us your ideas for race of the decade, performance of the decade. Maybe we'll like put together a list. We'll see. All right, Sarah, the other thing I was reading this week was some Mm -hmm. research some studies mm-hmm. about why? Why do we do what we do? No, you know the whole thing. People ask like, "Why?" You know, like random people are always like, "Oh, why would you want to run a marathon? Why would you want to do an Iron Man?" And you're like, mm-hmm. "I don't know." What do you say to people when they ask you that? And then you know when like your coach, okay, coaches are always asking me this question: "What is your why?" You have to know your why, know your why, and I fucking hate that question. What do you say to them?
0: Interesting. Yeah, I think because I think like th- I would definitely be someone who. Th- Who thinks that you have to know, like, you sort of have to at some point know your reasons for doing something in order to stay on track.
1: Right. right? That's the whole argument. That's what, like, coaches always want you to, like, think through why you're doing it. What are your, like, what are your motivations, et cetera, right. et cetera, That's my
0: sense of it. I think that how, what I think is that sometimes p- people would feel a, or I might feel a sense of pressure on what the answer to that is. Right. So like my answer to why I do, to why I did triathlon was not like, because I was, I don't know, like I didn't lose a close relative and now I'm missing right. in their name or I didn't, I don't have a, a huge external emotional thing. It's like pro- my reason for doing, Iron Man at the beginning was because I liked it, and then I freaking loved doing it, and then I had the opportunity to be a pro, and because I loved doing it for so, like so much, I just kept doing it. So right. it was—it's not this like massive meaningful thing. Like I totally recognize that loving doing something is not—is like that's great, you know, but it's not necessarily sometimes what people are talking right. about. Right? I feel like you
1: need why. they want you have some big answer sometimes, and you're like, because I want to go faster right like i don't like i feel like there's not like a good and then i don't feel like what is your what are you going to tell yourself when shit gets really bad and it really sucks what is your why what is your motivation and i always feel like very i i don't know what to say to that like i literally don't i feel very you know the famous quote like why did you why do you climb everest because it's there Mm -hmm. that's what i always i'm like because you you, because it's there or there's another one. It's like, if you
0: have to ask why you'll never understand. Right. So like, because for me, it's like, I, with someone climbing Everest, I'm kind of like, why? Why? <laughs> like, That's not, I don't really have that in me. Like, I don't have that be- that desire to climb Everest. So a part of me is a little bit like, why would anyone want to do that? But, you know they like power to them i don't care You're like all right whatever you do you
1: um, yeah well okay so i was thinking about this because there was like some more research obviously this topic's been studied you know what drives people and motivates people but there was some more research about why we like to suffer because historically kind of the the way we frame you know psycho psychology and economics and like sociology and human behavior is that we always try to avoid effort right like all like you would pay more for something that takes less effort right like Does that make sense? You, you know what I'm saying? Like all of our structures are kind of built around the idea that people want something that's easier.
0: All of our, like literally the beginning of marketing, like if you do like the history of marketing, it's like, we, we started marketing to market tools for women who were staying in the house and cleaning up basically. So like when you're marketing cleaning tools and marketing cleaning products and like, that's really how kind of like marketing started.
1: Yes. The science oven, the microwave was was the first thing to make the whole concept of cooking easier. But obviously the point is some, that's not always true. There is some research that says basically psychologically some effort then makes us value it more, right? Like the effort, this is literally Mm. true. There's literally been studies on Ikea. The effort into building that Ikea furniture actually makes us feel better about the furniture, which is fucking crazy because I will pay a lot of money to not have to build furniture. But for some people, right, that makes it, it's like literally the investment, But then what's really interesting is there's also in this notion of like suffering and extreme endurance, there's also literally this thing that happens where, you know, when it's like really shitty and miserable, like when you're like in a race or some kind of like a crazy, you hit a a low, but there's this thing that literally happens in some people's brains, in our brains where you're like, well, this is so bad, but I'm doing it. So I must like it. So it must be worth it. And then that like feeds a loop in your head that kind of is like. Hmm. ends up making you value it even more, even though it was so miserable, if that makes sense.
0: And that has to be true. Like we Mm -hmm. have to value suffering in some way in order for like Iron Man even to exist as a thing. Exactly. Right. Like you don't, I feel like you don't need to argue that one on me because it's like, (laughs) of course, because that's why people, it's like someone's, that's what they call it, right? Like the average person's Everest. It like gives you something really freaking hard to do, but that you don't have to be like oxygen depleted at 10,000 feet. Right. And up.
1: Right. You don't have to like possibly die. You'll only need <laughs> to risk your life. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So. I'm, I was thinking about, you know, like my reasons now for doing CrossFit, which are very, cause it's, that's like obviously a very amateur endeavor for me. And I just do it cause I like it, you know? And then when I go there, cause someone said to me today, well, Sarah, you just like to win. And right. You're like, no, then I would do something I'm like, else. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. If I was trying to win something, I wouldn't be like average schmuck at CrossFit. Like if I was trying to win like a master's thing right. or something, I would not choose CrossFit. And I'm like, so that person's perception of me going there and working hard is that I'm trying to beat other people. But really it's that like, I'm trying to be like, I, I learned that going really hard or like it going a little bit dark, like you said, or it being a little bit painful on a day-to-day level, oh, actually like way, more, you, you, way more, it's way more rewarding. Uh-huh. You, uh-huh.
1: You, uh-huh. Okay. You're, so, you're seeking out
0: the suffering a little. I'm validating <laughs> your point. Yeah. I'm seeking out the suffering in like a 10 minute workout.
1: There's also <laughs> a lot of research that suggests like we only started to look for this in our emotional, mental, Lives once, like the rest of our lives, became so easy, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason white collar workers then go out and create fake suffering situations for themselves because you no longer, if you fucking had to work 20 hours a day in the field, yeah. you would not be like, you know what I need? I need to make things harder on myself. Not a problem. Yeah. Like that no. wouldn't be an issue. So. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I
0: like 100. I feel like again, it's like we don't have to. If we had physical jobs and we were just trying to survive and we had to go out every day and hunt our food, yeah, would be a problem. I wouldn't need to go to CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not oh, just because ever... of the exercise, but because of the stress and the you know,
1: the, like the endorphins, the whole cycle, the whole thing. I should find this video for you. It's a parody. It's called FarmFit, and it's basically like CrossFit but just farming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing, because <laughs> it basically is mm-hmm. like the same. It's like are, are those, or I think that's like a step beyond CrossFit. Are those you know the the people that do the outdoor exercising? Like sometimes it goes with the Paleo movement. Right. We're like, we're going to go outside and we're going to exercise in the forest and we're going to lift boulders and we're going to swing some trees. Yes.
1: It's It's called like natural movement or whatever. (laughs) I read a book. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Now you know everything. (laughs)
0: We're
1: we're full of great advice today. (laughs) I feel like people are laughing this off at home. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all right, guys. So figure out your why or don't. We don't, we don't actually care. <laughs> We're okay with either, either as, long as, you,
0: as long as you feel good about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know who else is full of good advice, Kelly? Uh,
1: my mom. Your
0: mom. <laughs> Coming up after this. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are because that works too. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop This time like the last time You better get ready to race in the From the field. It's time
1: to get real I'm feeling so my time. My time. well, happy New year. I am listening to your podcast at the gym. so in answer to the lots of people at the gym thing here 's my solution. I go to the rinky Dink little park district fitness room that used to be a conference room, and they put two treadmills and some free weights in it. And I pay $10 a month and I run on the treadmill and lift a few little pink barbells that weigh five pounds. It's easy. And there is literally no one here. It is empty. So I am certainly all for everybody who wants to be a better person. Yes, sign up for your gym. Go, go, go. Just don't go to my gym. I want to be by myself. I don't want to have people around because I feel slow and stupid and don't know what I'm doing. So go to your local park district. It's cheap. They have treadmills. So I feel like to sum up, my mom's like, just go to a shittier gym and it'll be empty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure.
0: I, I'm not sure where the, yeah. Like what the take home points were there. Like, I'm glad she's got it figured out and that no one's taking over her a little gym. Maybe I could make my spare bedroom into a into a little in gym, gym. Just put a little, couple treadmills in there get i a also pizza.
1: can 100 percent guarantee you even if i went to the like super shitty park district ten dollar you know for some free weights in a corner the one 80 year old guy there would still try to talk to me because a hundred percent that is what would happen yeah, yeah. he
0: mm-hmm. might even try to tell you how to exercise too
1: oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. the um mountain bike world champion girl uh like lives by me and she posted the other day that uh some 50 something year old guy was giving her descending advice when she was biking. Ooh, That's nice. Yeah. You're like, cool. Definitely the world champ needs your advice, random dude. <laughs> <laughs> my time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. we reaching the top. we reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.